broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network and uh, KYAH K-Talk and uh, broadcasting up and down the uh, Wasatch Mountain front uh, here in Utah. Thank you for uh, taking the time. And I tell you, it's one of those uh, weeks that uh, I think the whole space-time continuum, Brian, is just distorted during this week. I mean, it's they're days, but they're not days, and it's kind of like this, well... Some people are working, some people aren't. Even the people who are working may not really be working. It's it's that whole milieu of uh, of uh, mixed up energy. But I I want to talk about what's happening in Georgia right now. And uh, you know, two Senate seats are up for grabs in Georgia. And if the Democrats win both of those seats, uh, the Senate will be at a fifty Democrat, fifty Republican tie. And uh, in the case of Senate politics, if there's a tie vote, the vice president uh, comes in and casts the deciding vote. And, of course, that means Kamala Harris would be casting the deciding vote. And, you know, and and they're saying, you know, hey, we're going to do away with the filibuster. We're going to stack the Supreme Court. And that's why uh, Democrats and Republicans are pouring millions of dollars into this race. And as of this week, between the two parties, they have poured $320 million to these four candidates. And if you're a Democrat, you're being told, hey, it's more important to vote and it's more important to donate to these candidates than it is to donate to charity. Right. That's what John Legend, John Legend came out and told Mark Cuban because Mark Cuban came out. He's the billionaire owner of the Mavericks. He came out and said, you know what? Don't get so caught up in the hype. You know, there's people who are suffering. There's people who need help. And John Legend, a multimillionaire, came out and said, you know what? It's more important to donate to the Democrat candidates than it is to feed the, the hungry, clothe the sick. And when he said that, I actually broke out this old dusty book I have at home, and I looked for that provision. It said, you know, hey, you have the responsibility to feed the hungry, take care of the poor, clothe the naked. But John Legend's right. There's a little provision in there that says, except for when the uh, U.S. Senate is up for grabs. Then you can disregard all this stuff about helping the poor. It's more important to, to pour that money into making sure Democrats control the Senate. So the two parties are saying the most important thing you can do is to vote and to donate. Both the Republicans and Democrats are saying it. And I was working out at the gym, and I was listening to our network, the Fed by Ravens Media Network. And if you haven't heard Christian Watson, he's the host of Pensive Politics. I'm listening to his show, and it turns out he lives in Georgia. I I didn't know that. He lives in Georgia. And then he says, I don't think I'm going to vote. I don't think I'm going to vote in this election. And as I'm working out, I'm thinking, okay, there's, where's the punchline on this? Where's he going with this? And Christian laid out, I thought, a brilliant argument about neither party has earned his vote, so why should he vote? 
So with that, I'm going to introduce Christian Christian Watson. He is the host of Pensive Politics. He is a contributor to Young Voices. And Christian, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much as well, Mr. Carey. Uh, please, Joe. And Christian, Joe, did, I, yeah. did I set up, did I, did I capture that right that I'm working out and I, I thought you said – you know, neither of these parties have earned my vote. I, I may not vote in this election. No, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is a mentality that I've had for a very long time because I oftentimes see this searing pretension coming from the annals of power from both parties telling me, especially from parties that are more sympathetic to my my beliefs as a libertarian, as a libertarian conservative, the Republican Party is telling me, oh my, if you don't do this, your the soul of America will be destroyed. Our rights are going to go away. All of this rank alarmism. And yet what they're really saying is you have to settle. You have to settle for mediocrity. You have to settle for the very bottom of the barrel if you don't want to get the worst of the barrel. But that to me sets up a very false dichotomy, which you know boxes us into the, what is commonly understood as the lesser of two evils. But evil is evil. I don't care if I'm getting something that is less evil or is not as frightening as the other monster is. It's still a monster. I don't want monsters governing me. I don't want monsters interpreting the Constitution. I don't want monsters trying to dictate my life to me. I want someone whose principles, if not 100% or at least 90% pure and in lockstep with the sentiments of the founders. So uh, that's been my mentality. But I'll tell you, I did eventually vote, but I didn't vote for anyone. I cast a blank ballot because I thought I thought that would be the ultimate rejection of both of the um, politicians put up by both parties. And I wish more people would cast blank ballots. I wish we would stop getting bullied into this mentality that if I don't if I don't vote, if I don't do this, I'm going to be responsible for the destruction of America. America is you and me. America is not this system that can be prodded and moved towards a particular objective through government. America happens when I'm talking to you, Joe, or when I when I go out to the post office, when I go out to buy something. That is America. We are creating America every day. But this mentality is basically saying, oh, no, America is confined to the ballot box. We have to reject that infernal idea and actually understand the truest condition of America. So, Christian, let me ask you this, because, you know, the retort to that is, Brian, uh, I think Christian has cost Donald Trump the election twice, first as a libertarian, right? Because I've looked at all the swing states. If you take all the libertarian votes and put them in the Trump column, I think Trump wins all those swing states. And now Christian is saying, cast a blank ballot. And Christian, what you mean by that is you go into, you fill out the ballot, uh, you meaning you submit it, but you don't select anybody. Is that what a blank ballot is? Precisely. That's what it is. You basically, I just, I submit the ballot and I don't select anybody. I just, it's completely blank. I take it out. It prints out a thing. It goes right into the machine. Um, just blank. Nothing. No one. So let me ask you this. What about the people who say, you know, Christian, that's very uh, maybe it's principled, but it's naive because right now the U.S. Senate is in the balance. We have a party, the Democrats, who have said we're going to stack the Supreme Court. We're going to destroy the filibuster. We're going to admit, you know, I don't know, 72 different provinces as countries. There's a whole litany. There's a big progressive agenda you, because you're a, a resident of Georgia, you're in a position to stop that, and you basically waved the white flag. What do you say to those folks? 
Well, I say their mentality is unfortunately skewered to what I mentioned previously. A lot of people think America is the ballot box, but it's not the ballot box. I think social action, actually getting involved and doing activism on the ground floor is the best way to evoke change. So Machiavelli had this sort of idea in the prints. It's uh, it's what is colloquially called these sketches image by philosophers and people who study Machiavelli. He basically said a ruler has two vantage points on top of the mountain and in the fields. The fields are where the people are. And if the rulers are near the people, he is more near to their sentiments and their concerns. Well, I want us to all be up on the mountain so that we can stop being so close to our raw sentiments and concerns. And so we can actually have a 360 vision about this kind of stuff. Listen, Democrats do want to do some very dastardly things and that they concern me. But number one, maybe forget that President Trump has appointed hundreds of federal judges that could potentially hold up any unconstitutional things. That's number one. We forget about that. Um, number two, we also forget that a 50-50 tie we are, we are assuming that every politician on both sides will be in absolute gridlock and lockstep. If one moderate Republican or one moderate Democrat, like Joe Manchin, splits, the 50-50 tie doesn't exist anymore. So this is the thinnest of thinnest of thinnest margins. This is actually kind of a gift because this way you have to you force compromise. You force um, collaboration. You force the spirit of the bicameral legislature to rise up and do what it is meant to do as it was conceptualized in, in, in Freedom Hall in Philadelphia. So I don't see this as a doomsday scenario. I see this as a as a simply as a scenario that either, you know, confers a sense of sort of ruggedness amongst the politicians because they have to negotiate more, they can't cram their agenda down, or one that confers a sense of calm amongst all of us because we have a more collaborative legislature. So this is not a very bad situation at all, in my opinion. It's marketed that way because that's how you jump up with votes. That's how you yeah, that's how you jump up votes. We are talking to a Christian Watson. He is the host of Pensive Politics right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. If if you like what you're hearing from Christian and and on this point I think he is absolutely right. Um, tune him in. When we come back, I'm going to ask Christian. He's boots on the ground. Who does he think uh, is going to take these two Senate seats? And also, uh, the mayor of Atlanta comes out and says, I'm open to suggestions in terms of skyrocketing crime. We'll have Christian's opinion on both of those right after this break. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to 
stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Not a loan company. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Please go to fedbyravensmedia.com. You can listen to us live right there on the uh, website or uh, now if you go to the website, you can click a link and it'll take you right to our app on uh, Google Play or the Apple App Store. Download the app. Listen to us live anywhere. We're actually talking to uh, – a host of one of the podcasts on the Fed by Ravens Media Network, Christian Watson. He is the host of Pensive Politics. Christian, you uh, live in Georgia. You a lifelong uh, Georgian? Uh, not a lifelong. I was actually born in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah, Joe. I was born in Harrisburg, but I moved to Pennsylvania. I moved to Georgia. Excuse me. About ten years ago, and I'm uh, I've been here for ten years. I went to middle school here, high school here. I'm going to college here, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it. And it's very, it's a very interesting state. I'll say that much, especially politically. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's jump right in there. So we have, uh, well, let's start with uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. She is a, a a rising star in the Democrat Party. She is the current mayor of Atlanta, and uh, right now Atlanta is seeing more crime. I just want to get this stat right. Uh, 
than at any time in the past, I think it's 15 years. Right. Uh, in terms of uh, people being killed, in terms of people being shot. So Mayor Bottoms apparently has given up on finding solutions. She's come out and said, I'm open to suggestions. I don't know what to do. Now, she didn't say this, but it's clear when you're asking, as mayor, you're asking for suggestions to stop people being shot. You're out of options. And what's your take on that? I mean, why Atlanta? Why now? Why this uh, uh, Mayor Bottom saying, I need help? What's happening in Atlanta? Right. And and I actually – I was watching a, a newscast the other night, and they were talking about how on December 1st, a comedian, uh, an aspiring comedian moved from his home in Denver, Colorado, and actually moved um, to Atlanta to pursue his dream as becoming a comedian. And he was actually shot and killed on December 1st in the studio. And this is this is a problem. And Atlanta is one of the most, you know, statistically, it's one of the most dangerous cities in the country, in the top 10. And for a mayor to say, to, to basically just pull, put her arms up and say, you know what, I am going to, I'm open to suggestions, is to show a sincere lack of leadership and an ignorance or an unwillingness to utilize the resources at her disposal right now. The Atlanta Police Department is very big. She could obviously go over to the governor, but she doesn't want, this is the big thing. She, Mayor Bottoms does not want to make politically unpopular decisions. When the riots were happening in Atlanta, to her credit, she eventually got onto them, eventually. But she initially just said, guys, please stop. This is not good. This is not nice. This is not helping any of us. But eventually, when things got even worse, she stopped them. But when the kid was killed uh, during that period of time, a kid near Wendy's was shot, a two-year-old was shot. Um, you know, she she denounced it, but she didn't try to address the deeper rooted issues that are happening within the Black Lives Matter movement, which basically think, convey that it is OK to do some kind of violence in the pursuit of a political cause, even if they don't say that outwardly. So I think she's suffering from a severe case of political cowardice. And Atlanta has been having crime problems for a very long time, and she should utilize resources at her disposal to actually try to combat crime instead of just throwing her hands up and admitting defeat before she's even began the race. So I, I like what you said, which is she knows what to do, but she's refusing to do it because of the political consequences. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Um, and this really – so there's a principal difference in how progressive politicians handle crime and how more conservative-leaning politicians do. Although I think the lines are becoming a little bit blurred now given the rights from you know, emphasis on liberty recently and their uh, antipathy towards the war on drugs. But in the 90s, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you remember, uh, Joe, there was a tough-on-crime mentality. Hey, even the Democrats, even a lot of progressives were on board that train. Hey, Biden drafted the crime bill. In that time, Tough on crime mentality, even though it led to mass incarceration and there were things that happened, most crime statisticians will agree that initially at first, higher incarceration rates have decreased aggregate crime. Now, the problem is you have a lot of other problems that come out with decreasing, but still – these things do decrease crime. Now, when you have a much more, you know, we don't want to have cash, but we don't want to have these things, you're going to have you're going to have dissonance within the mind of a politician um, who is 
at the helm of an operation that is meant to stop crime. Now, am I saying that we need to have more incarceration? I don't know. I'm not a fan of just throwing people in jail. I'm not a fan of all that kind of stuff. But I do think, I do think that there needs to be community-oriented solutions that target the sources of gang violence, that target the sources of all this kind of uh, racial strife. But when you have a progressive politician, they're not going to be immediately wanting to do that. Why do you think Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, same exact way her city, people are dying there. It's like Afghanistan, but they know what to do. They know they need to have community solutions. They know that the community itself is where you can challenge this stuff at, not necessarily through the government, but the community, can, you can challenge this stuff out there. You can have the government accentuate community efforts, but they just don't want to do it because it could be seen. They could be seen as being a traitor to their community. They could be seen as you know being a sellout. They could be seen as being too harsh, whatever. So a mayor has to juggle a lot of balls and she like, you know, you have to juggle the balls of the police department. You got to make sure they're happy because the, the, the chief, you don't want to have a relationship with them. The district attorney, all these kind of people, you have to juggle all of this stuff and remain in complete cohesion with your original campaign goal. And for Mayor Bottoms not to be able to do that simply shows a lack of political will on her part. Let's talk about this, Christian. We have a, a few minutes left in this segment. Let's talk about this. You have two U.S. Senate seats up for uh, grabs there in Georgia. Um, it looks like Warnock has brought in $103 million. Uh, Ossoff has raised $107 million. Purdue, $68 million. Loeffler, $64 million. So from a money perspective, the Democrats have the advantage. You're there, you live there, you you follow these races. If you had to put money on black or red, who do you think is is winning uh, in about a week, right? January 7th. Who do you think is is going to win uh, th- these two Senate races? That's a very difficult question to answer because the main metric that many politicos will use to divine the outcome of an election are, of course, polls. Now, polls have been have gotten a beating over the past two years, first with the um, victory of um, Donald Trump, uh, then with uh, the in some areas and of America, polls were kind of off in the 2020 election as well. But if you want to believe the polls, you want to give credit, you want to give credence to the polls. Many of the candidates are within dead heat um, uh, margin of error margins within each other. So I think that it is very possible that either side could win. I do think that that Warnock and Ossoff, they have more momentum than I would say Purdue or Leffler do, primarily because Warnock and Ossoff, both of them are very charismatic people, and they can dress up their ideas, many of which would actually hurt the communities they're professing with help when actually do things that would violate rights. They're able to dress these ideas as up in the nice garments, the ornate garments of social justice and all this other this other luminous lingo that um, tricks the mind into accepting bad propositions. So I would say Warnock probably has a good chance of beating Leffler. I think Ossoff and Purdue, that's anyone's guess. If you told me, if you asked me to put a bet on it, I would probably say maybe Purdue, maybe. But that that could change. Wow, Christian's full of great news today, isn't he? <laughs> He's just wow. Are you serving a spam for dinner? <laughs> Good grief. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Christian, I've got to tell you, I like I said, I, I think you're spot on. I, I think it's time that the people just stop accepting what the parties give us. And I commend you for your stand. I commend you for uh 
for sharing it. I mean, there's got to be a tremendous pressure on you being in Georgia to go in and, and vote. Uh, and you did. And you voted your conscience. And I, I don't think there's a greater way to respect the sacrifice of those who have preserved the vote. Please come back. We're listening to you're listening to the Fed by Ravens Media Network. We'll be back right after this break. Radio News with Lance Pry. The House of Representatives overrode President Trump on Monday by rejecting his veto of a defense bill. The Democratic-controlled House voted 322 to 87 to override Trump's veto of the $740.5 billion bill. The National Defense Authorization Act, which includes funding for military projects and a pay raise for troops, was passed this month by the House and Senate. One week from today, Georgia will hold its Senate runoff elections. The two runoffs on January 5th will decide whether the Republicans continue to control the Senate or not. Republican David Perdue is against Democrat John Ossoff. The other race is between Republican Kelly Loeffler and Democrat Reverend Warnock. A Delaware computer repairman who went public with the Hunter Biden hard drive is now suing Twitter for defamation, claiming Twitter moderators unfairly branded him a hacker. The emails detailing Hunter Biden's shady overseas business dealings are reportedly now part of a federal tax probe. USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Policy points and availability vary by state. Let's get a coronavirus stimulus check update with Dan Araki. The House passed a measure Monday to increase the stimulus checks in the COVID relief bill to $2,000, something President Trump has called on lawmakers to do. A few dozen Republicans voted with nearly all House Democrats to pass the measure that isn't expected to make its way out of the Senate. Congressman Ken Buck agrees. The Colorado Republican tells Newsmax TV that he would have supported the effort if it had reduced spending elsewhere in the bill. They, they won't consider this at all. And, and I, I, I said uh, that I would support this if... They uh, reduced or took away the pork and funded this $2,000 through the reduction of pork. Um, They didn't do that. They just wanted more and more spending. And and it's a typical Democrat strategy. I think what they're trying to do is uh, appeal to voters in Georgia. I think it's it's very cynical and it's it's sad. We're at $30 trillion of debt right now. And and to just throw money around like that is is, it's typical Pelosi friendly. From the USA Radio News, Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Araki. USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. You know, Brian, let me ask you this because, uh, you know, it's rare that Utah plays a, uh, 
how do I say this? Like a, that that pivotal role, right? Like Pennsylvania, it's a swing state. In 2016, you know, it, it pushed Trump over the uh, uh, the magical electoral number. But Utah, right? Solidly red state, solidly red senators. In Georgia, you know, which I thought was solidly red now, uh, you know, there's a chance that both of these Democrats win. Um, and, and I got to admire Christian for saying, you know what? I get it. It's going to make life tougher politically, but I'm going to follow my conscience. I'm going to do what I think is right. Brian, let me go to you because I think you face this a lot because you're you're more libertarian than I am. And I think, you know, the the, the array of candidates that you consider different than the ones I do. But what do you think about that in a close race like that? Do you – I don't want to say put principles over party, but – is that a difficult choice to make? I think when when you're uh, when you are invoking conscience then, and making it a matter of principle, um, I think Christian's probably doing the right thing. And and I I get it. The pragmatist in me says, yeah, but you know if if you're just trying to hold on to power, um, you've got to do what's going to work. And and I think Machiavelli would agree. You know, <laughs> you do what works, and don't worry so much about what's right and wrong. Um, but. Uh, I don't know, Joe. I, I kind of subscribe to the idea of I would rather uh, stick to my principles and lose than compromise my principles and win, because that to me seems like uh, kind of a pyrrhic victory. Yeah, you know, I I think I just look at it and I'm sure like this is the practical side. You look at, you know. Holding the Senate means Biden and Harris don't get to appoint these crazy judges, right? And I mean, they, 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 the crazies have to be beating on the door of the White House or soon to be saying, you know, payback, you know, and, and just this litany of demands that they were making before the election. The things they want to do and they were publicly saying they wanted to do before the election were absolute crazy. Just imagine what they want to do. With those things they're not sharing with us. Yeah, and I look at that and say, wow, you, you've got to you got to draw that line. But I am increasingly in the camp of saying, you know what? And I like the way Christian framed it. The parties have to stop presenting people and saying this is who you get to vote for. And until enough people say we don't like what you're selling, the parties have no incentive to change. I agree. And that's that's the thing. Every time people hold their nose and compromise just a little bit, just because we got to win this one, um, it moves them in the direction of compromise and away from their principles. And, and in my opinion, that's what we've seen happen over and over and over again for generations now. So it's become habit. And, and I think the worst part is. The political parties know they can get away with it. Well, we're going to run a substandard candidate. We're going to we're going to run who we want to represent us and not somebody who's going to stick to principles just because we know you're more concerned about winning and you'll hold your nose and vote for him. I mean, if there's one thing that the caucus system in Utah continually demonstrates, it's that the Republican elites in the party want different people running than the party members themselves. Right. I mean, you look at the results of of who wins at caucus and at convention versus who the nominee eventually is. Wow. Is there a disconnect between the party and the party elites? I mean, that's that's the lesson. That's my takeaway. 
which is the people running the party clearly want someone different than the party loyalists. Now, I think the party loyalists would come back and say, yeah, but look who wins, you know, uh, uh, in the uh, competitive races, you know, the uh, the nomination races. Generally, not the people who emerge victorious at caucus. Yeah, and I think sometimes uh, I think sometimes it's just one of those cases where you've got to be willing to to suffer you know, the consequences of this is what it's come to. This is what we've allowed, you know, um, our, our party officials to run before people will wake up to the idea that we, we can't keep doing it this way. It's just it's too convenient when people do compromise. And I understand the, the desire to win um, at some point. I've reached and it sounds like Christian has reached this this understanding. Sometimes winning isn't the most important thing that you can do. You know, I've got to tell you, I think the big winner, and, and I'll have to look at it and do the research, but I think the big winner in 2020 were the Libertarians. I mean, they really had Trump and had the Republicans been able to message to them better in terms of, you know, aligning uh, their position with the Libertarian position, Trump would have won. Now, all the focus has been, you know, the election was stolen and, and, and there was corruption. And, and look, I think from what I've seen, there's certainly evidence of that. But had Donald Trump been able to effectively market and message to the libertarians, he would have won Pennsylvania. He would have won Georgia. He would have won Arizona. I, I haven't looked at Michigan and Wisconsin, but he would have won enough states to put him over the top. Yeah, I think very and I likely. think it's fascinating, yeah, that everybody is ignoring that story. The Democrats aren't talking about it. The Republicans aren't talking about it. And I'll tell you why. Because the big winner of the two-party system, it's the media. Where do you think that $320 million that the four candidates in Georgia raised, where do you think the vast majority of that is being spent? It's on television, newspaper, radio. I don't think the Libertarian Party spent $320 million for the whole presidential race. So they have no incentive to see Libertarians run because they're more grassroots. They're more, hey, this is our message. Take it or leave it. We don't have the funds to do these big ad buys. You think the media wants to see someone like that? Nope. Yeah, so I think, Brian, you know, the Libertarian Party, the big winner – of the 2020 election, and the proof of that is the fact that neither party will address it. But I think, you know, more and more people are going to start walking down the same path that you and Christian are walking down, which is, you know what? I'm not going to take what the party serves up anymore. And I'm going to vote conscience, and if my guy or gal wins, great, and if they don't, it's okay. It's okay because I've got to stay true to my principles. Uh, real quick, uh, Donald Trump comes out as the most admired man for 2020. That sound you hear is not champagne. It is the heads of progressives popping and exploding. The annual survey asked respondents which man and woman living anywhere in the world they admired the most. 18% said Trump, 10% named former First Lady Michelle Obama. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris came in at second, 
in the women's category at 6%. Trump's first place finish unseated former President Barack Obama, a place he has held for the past 12 years. Rounding out the top 10 of the most admired men, President-elect Joe Biden at 6%. Tony Fauci, 3%. The Pope, 2%. Tesla founder Elon Musk, Bernie Sanders, Bill Gates, LeBron James, and the uh, the Dalai Lama finishing with 1% each. First Lady Melania Trump came in third among most admired women at 4% followed by media mogul Oprah Winfrey, Angela Merkel, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, AOC, Elizabeth II at 2%. Wow. So Trump beat Clinton in 2016, and he just beat Obama in 2020. Am I reading that wrong? I mean, that's the way I'm, I'm seeing this. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk about a a story. This was on a TikTok. A California, at least she's saying she's a California nurse, a surgical intensive care nurse. The video has been viewed 1.3 million times, and it's heartbreaking. She is in tears, and she is saying what's happening in California hospitals is going unreported. It's going underreported. We are at crisis levels with the people dying and the people suffering. But it's interesting. She doesn't call for more help in terms of more supplies and equipment. She's saying that people need to stop being careless. I want to talk about the video and who is she asking to be less careless? Interesting question. We'll be back with that story right after this break. involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. 
At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. And you can uh, visit fedbyravensmedia.com. And uh, all the podcasts are there. We have Christian Watson, uh, my guest from the uh, first half of the show uh, on Pensive Politics. Brian Hyde, his podcasts are there. You can also listen live. And uh, we just updated the website uh, yesterday with this uh, feature. If you go to fedbyravensmedia.com, Uh, You can download the app directly to your phone or your iPad or tablet uh, directly from the uh, website, and you want to do that. Um, It's great. uh, When when I was talking to someone today, they're like, Joe, you know, there's – what makes Fed by Ravens Media different? You know, what makes it different from the news outlets that are are currently out there? And I say the same thing all the time, which is you know what the hosts are saying they believe in. It is the truth as we understand it, and that doesn't mean it's a, it's a convenient truth and it's my truth. No, it's it's the truth as as I see the world, or as Brian sees the world, or Christian, or Neil and Julia. And you don't have to worry that hey, they're only saying this because you know they want to make sure their guy gets into office, or they're saying this because uh, it's a sponsor of their network. You're going to hear what we believe, and you're going to hear great analysis of events of the day and what's coming. And I tell you, in a world where truth is at a premium, you will find it here at fedbyravensmedia.com. So please visit, download the app, listen. And again, we have a great feature on the app. You can interact with the hosts. You can uh, message us during the show. And uh, a lot of good things coming, Uh, so stay tuned. 
and uh, download the app at fedbyravensmedia.com. I want to talk about uh, this story. It's on TikTok. It's a video. It's a woman who indicates she's a surgical intensive care nurse. The video has been viewed 1.3 million times. And in the video, this nurse, she's wearing, you know, the blue scrubs. Uh, she's choking back tears. And she, she says, I don't know how else to say this, but I'm begging you guys to stop being careless. Now, she never defines who you guys are. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's gruesome newsome, right? Because he was careless. He goes out, he eats that dinner, says, oh, it was outdoors. Turns out it wasn't outdoors. Lied about how many people attended, much bigger than he originally indicated. Maybe she was talking about California's Kamala Harris, right? Because she came out and she was denying the efficacy of the vaccine. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to get it till I make sure it's ready to go. I make sure that it's, you know, met the standards. Today, she rolls up her sleeves and she gets uh, Moderna's vaccine. She was always going to get the vaccine, but she didn't want to give Trump credit for it. So she came out and said, well, I, I'm going to make sure this vaccine's the right one. I'm going to make sure that it meets meets what? But when politicians play politics, when they're phony, they jeopardize people's lives, just like Joe Biden. Just like Cuomo. I'm not going to let New Yorkers get this vaccine till I test it, till, till New York scientists get a look at it. And then when Trump said he was going to withhold it, what did Cuomo do? I'm going to sue the Trump administration if they don't give it to me. What about all that extra testing he was going to do? What about making sure it was safe to take? There was never any question about the vaccine from these phonies. None. The only question was how much political mileage could they get out of it? And you know what? If you were someone who actually believed in them – You suffered unnecessarily because because of their actions, hydroxychloroquine wasn't prescribed as often as it should have been. That's not me. That's the American Medical Association. Why? Because we can't we, we can't afford to give Trump credit for it. Sad. It's not just that, it's despicable. So this nurse comes out and she's describing her hospital. And this is what she says. We have no ventilators for patients. Well, whose fault is that? Remember, the reason we crushed the curve, the reason that we went into lockdown mode was we wanted to buy time. Well, we bought time. In California, they've been buying time since January, excuse me, since March. She says there's no ventilators for patients. Whose fault is that? What was Gruesome Newsome doing? During the lockdowns, apparently he wasn't acquiring ventilators for patients. What were the hospital administrators doing? She goes on and says, we have no sedating medications. Again, what were the political elite doing besides breaking their own rules during the lockdowns? 
when California was ostensibly crushing the curve, shouldn't they have been searching for and acquiring ventilators and sedating medications so this nurse and her staff could have those resources? She says, patients are dying like flies. We're full. We're at max capacity. We have no resources. Now, I don't blame the nurse because the nurse is doing exactly what the political elite do because the political elite have been blaming who for all this? They haven't been blaming the Chinese. They've been saying it's your fault. They're saying if you don't stay inside 24 hours a day and refuse contact with any other human being, you're putting people at risk. That's the message the political elite have been pumping out nonstop since the pandemic began. So it doesn't come as a surprise to me when this nurse comes up and says, you know what? You stop being careless. And the you isn't the political elite who caused the shortage of ventilators, who didn't act to prevent the shortage of sedating medications. She means you. Now, we know what's happening. We know that these states continue to lock people down in theory, right? So they'll issue a lockdown order, but the, the reality is people understand that the risk of – and I believe this is true. They, they understand that they can get sick. They understand they can get sick and die from COVID, but they also understand the risk is lower than what the politicians make it out to be. So every time there's a lockdown order, people aren't paying attention to it. But I will tell you, where is Governor Newsom? Why isn't he out there saying, look, we've acquired the ventilators. Here they are. We have the sedating medications for this hospital. What was Governor Newsom doing since March? And I will ask that question of any governor. What have you been doing to prepare for this uptick? Because we all knew it was coming. That's why government doubles down and blames the people. That's why you have to carry the responsibility the political response, I should say the political liability. That's why governors and politicians are blaming you, because if they didn't blame you, the finger would point directly at them. There are no ventilators at this hospital because Governor Newsom didn't plan correctly. Where's the hospital ships? Where are the medical tents? And it is a tragedy with real consequences. And until we stop playing politics, until we really get down and say what works and what doesn't, 
and we've got to take the politics out, you will continue to be a political football, which is unfortunate because the consequences are dire and they're devastating. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next. Remember, take the time. Get right with God. Be kind. Visit fedbyravensmedia.com. And we'll be back on Thursday. <laughs> 